you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We really appreciate you being here today. Thanks for tuning in. As always, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, uh, YouTube, and uh, what is there? Oh, TikTok. I'm trying to be cool over there. It's not working. Anyway, guys, uh, we have an amazing author on the show, and uh, she's going to be talking to us about her book that she put out on March 6, 2018. It's called Octopus on a Treadmill, Women, Success, Health, Happiness. Gifty Enright is on the show with us today, and she'll be talking about her insights, some of the coaching she does and consulting she does, and uh, some of the things that she learned. As being a mom, it's a book that's recommended as every working mother needs to read this book. And uh, there you go. Uh, so we'll be talking to her about her amazing brand that she's built and everything else. She has spoken at multinational organizations globally, top universities such as Oxford University, and has also given a TEDx talk. She is a highly regarded writer, and apart from her book, is regularly published in newspapers and magazines. She is also sought after for an expert commentary TV programs, and Gifty originally trained as an accountant and worked in a variety of blue-chip companies before crossing over into IT and management consulting. She then became an author and a coach. Welcome to the show, Gifty. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Thank you. Hearing you read all that, it sounds like I've been about a bit. You sound, you certainly have. I mean, we've, you know, any, anybody who's lived, uh, you know, a, a life and put out a book and stuff has probably got some stories to tell. So give us a dot com, if you would, people, so or so that people can look you up on the interwebs, please. All right. So the dot com will be giftyandwrite.com. There you go. So uh, what motivated you want to write this book? Um, so, I mean, I had been on the corporate journey for many years and then um, when I had my kids, it got to a point where I was a struggling working mother, um, still trying to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the men um, at work, but then at home there was this whole other responsibility. And so I found myself burnt out and um standing in a doctor's office literally with a list of uh, 14 symptoms of the oh, things wow. that were wrong with me um and at that point i was also then literally you know entering my 40s so um you know doctors were telling me one thing you, in england we have the nhs so on the nhs it's like oh which is free it's like there's nothing wrong with you you're fine you've got small kids this is normal <laughs> and then you know my husband getting fed up and asking me to go private and then when you go private it's like yeah everything is wrong with you so here's some medication go take that for the rest of your life and i thought there's got to be a middle ground there's got mm -hmm. to be 
um, well, and I was also very uneducated about mm. what was going on uh, in terms of my biology. So I went on a journey myself because I thought before I was consigned to drugs for the rest of my life, I wanted to find out exactly what was going on and to understand. Um, and it turned out I was actually burnt out and I was also perimenopausal. So um, mm. long story short, I was able to reverse all my symptoms and learn to live properly in a sustainable way and understand for me what was going on for me as a woman as a career mother and all the rest of it and when i came out at the other end of it i thought every woman out there needs to know about this and that's why i wrote my book there you go well, you know we sometimes especially when we're young everything works right and uh, you know you can you can live on two hours of sleep and a bottle of vodka and and everything's <laughs> fine but then you know as you get older it that that doesn't work anymore and you start going hey man what's what's going on and and what are some other things that are happening 14 yeah. ailments man i mean yeah. that's just that's just a starting point for me on fridays at my doctor <laughs> uh, so there you go so i love the title of the book i, I that really struck my interest octopus on a treadmill uh, where did yeah. that come from give us a thing what does that mean yeah, so basically, because my husband was privy to all my struggles, and so mm -hmm. when I was writing the book and I was thinking about what title to get, to call it, he, and basically I was going to call it, you know, How to Live Without Prozac, but I thought I might be sued. So, um, <laughs> so he came up with that title, so in this way I wasn't going to be sued. But um, it, basically what it means is that as a career woman, uh, particularly as a career mother, you have lots of stakeholders. And so lots of people you have to answer to, lots of deliverables, and you don't, hence the eight arms of the octopus, but you also don't have the luxury of standing still to deliver. You have to do it on the go, right? Mm -hmm. Hence the, uh, the treadmill. So this is where we came up with the name. There you go. I, octopus on a treadmill. This sounds like it could be a movie. Uh, maybe maybe the octopus can be a superhero or something. But, you know, I mean, mothers uh, mothers carry a lot of burden uh, in, in raising children and uh, being the nurturers and caretakers of children. And, you know, in today's world, they, you know, people want uh, people want to work or, or expected to work or their social pressure to work, whatever the case may be. Or sometimes you have to just for finances because everything's so darn expensive. And, uh, and, and so being, having to do the man's world, masculine, you know, go out, work, lead, do all this stuff, you know, labor, et cetera, et cetera. And then come home and be the feminine nurturer and raise the kids and cook, and, you know, do all those things and, and take care of a nest. I mean, basically, that's what women do. They nest in their home. They create a nest and they, they, they lay their eggs, their children, and, and they keep it clean. And, you know, it's it's a nesting thing. And so, uh, you know, you're struggling with really two biologies um, of, of, of doing this. And it's hard to balance and find that balance, I think, right? Absolutely. It's absolutely hard to balance. And But I don't think a lot of uh, women recognize Mm -hmm. uh, the impossible tightrope that we're walking all the time. And this is what leads to the burnout. And so mm -hmm. uh, particularly if you're looking at career women, you know, so they tend to be competitive. And I mm -hmm. was brought up thinking anything a man can do, I can do better, right? So I was there um, not taking account of the fact that I had a different biology from a man, not taking account of the fact that the societal ex expectations on me are different from what 
what is on the man. So you have to understand the social construct in which we live. You need to understand your deliverables. You need mm -hmm. to understand your multiple stakeholders and also you yourself as in the importance of you the mother so you are at the center of a lot of people's lives and i mean there's research that also shows that 75 percent of unpaid nurturing work is done by women right mm -hmm. so we are bearing this responsibility and then you go to the workplace and you expect to compete toe-to-toe -to -toe with these men who are not carrying that 75% burden. It yeah. is just not a level playing field and something is got to give. And this is where my health went when it had to give. Definitely. You know, it's interesting to me, you mentioned the, the paradigm you were taught raising up and the mindset of anything, a woman can do anything, a man can do better. Um, do, it's do the you other way around. Anything no. a man can do, I could do better. Oh, sorry. Did I? Okay. All right. It's still early in the morning for me. We're going to <laughs> again. So, yeah. So that paradigm that you said, um, you know, do you still feel the same way after looking at your book and analyzing it? Because one of the things that we're designed, if you look at the biology of men and women, is we're designed to be complements to each other. They're, they're, they're individual strengths that women have. They're individual strengths that men have. And they're very different. And and many times opposing because we're designed as a puzzle piece to join together. And I know a lot of people too, from, from, you know, our generations, they were also told, you know, women were told you can have everything. And I've seen a lot of burnout with that sort of mentality mindset too, because no, no one can have everything. It's just, mm -hmm. as a man, we just, we're just like, yeah, we're not doing that. That's insane. But I have a lot of people believe that and then believed the thing you were told. So, do you do you still find after writing your book and analyzing this that that maybe that's not the right mindset to have or is it still so it's the right interesting, mindset? Interesting, actually, what you said then it was quite a throwaway remark. I said, as a man, they'll say, no, I'm not doing that. That is just crazy. And mm -hmm. that clarity, a man can easily have that. Mm -hmm. For a woman, it's not as clear cut. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Uh, in terms of the societal construct, so we mm -hmm. are expected to and i always say the women came into when marching into the workplace but with the chicken with the kitchen sink strapped to their backs still right and mm -hmm. so it is not a matter of what a man can do a woman can't do or because we're de designed to do different things yes we have different biology but mm -hmm. people have different interests and yeah. so um do you know, if you're wired to, I don't know, be good at maths and go do all things computational, a man can do that just as well as a woman. Mm -hmm. But within certain levels of, of society and conditioning, what happens is the girls are then funneled a certain way, mm -hmm. um, which means that their latent talents are not developed and then you get roles being gendered. So i still stand by whatever a man can do a woman can do if that's what she wants to do sure right um but but, better? but but so um and i'll come back to the better i'm not letting okay. that go I'll the but the but okay right? uh, so anything a man can do a woman can if she wants to mm -hmm. but she needs to factor in into the equation the societal expectations that are going to drain her, she needs to factor in all the biases that she will 
encounter in the workplace like performance bias where when a man and a woman turn i mean just i think it was a couple of days ago uh, the un development program issued the um, gender inequality report and staggeringly something some almost is late into the 40s percent of people still think that um when it comes to high office you know in politics men do better than women and that you know they expect it to be men so in terms of the way we think mm -hmm. it is still certain echelons even in women's mind mm -hmm. are still rever reversed reversed reserved for men and so if a woman has to battle that in the workplace as in um respect is not automatically conferred on her she mm -hmm. doesn't automatically get credited uh for her achievements and she really has to fight for that recognition that is draining and that can uh, really um, affect people's performance and then there's a small matter of child birth mm -hmm. now when women go off to have children suddenly their responsibilities have doubled right now they are now responsible for another human being their biology is adjusting to you know the car crash that just happened yeah. to their body right and their hormones are again adjusting but they are then supposed to just come into the workplace if you're lucky right and you get maternity leave i believe in the u.s is what you know you guys don't get anything like that. i don't think we even give it i we're really bad at social right? support over here you guys are good at there over there in europe and france and stuff you guys yeah. have like yeah. all sorts so, of good support so women are expected uh, to come in after six weeks when your body is still in flux now you're coming at six weeks and you're going to come and compete with a man whose biology is still intact nothing has happened that is it, give yourself a break right it, it's just not yes you can compete all you want but at some point it just something is gonna break and then also and i've been there chris where i'm literally lactating in the office <laughs> right where you have to you know in a meeting it gets to a point where you'll have to excuse yourself because you think that if you don't excuse yourself literally your breasts are going to explode now you cannot be sitting in a board meeting and be fully cognizant of what's going on when you're under that you know physical pain and biological pressure and so for the women rushing back into the workplace perhaps after childbirth it's just not conducive it doesn't make you weak it just means that your body is doing something that you need to pay attention to and what we need is for society to put as much weight and importance on that given birth and that child rearing as they would give to somebody going out of the home to work there you go and and i like that caveat the but that you said because like I, there are certain things that women do that men cannot do better men don't walk around saying there are things that we can do you know we can do uh, well the, the line is uh anything a woman can do men can do better that's not true and 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 i i never heard any men really say that uh so if there are someone punch them in the in the whatever for me um but no i mean i men can't do childbirth better 
uh, you know, that's not, it's not impossible or that's completely impossible. Uh, you know, the nurturing, the, the, the design that what women give to children in, in raising them and shaping them, you, you can't take away the mother and father, the masculine and feminine in what those two people are raised by. Otherwise they end up with deficiencies and this is all science and factual base. And, and so, you know, we're designed to be complements to each other. And, and a lot of what, everyone's dealing with in society is suddenly shoving, you know, women into roles starting in the sixties and, you know, they've got to balance these two and they still want to go back to their biological nurturing nest and be the mother. And then they've got this workplace that's very masculine. that's very competitive, you know, and it's a, it's a merit-based society and in work, it's not, it's not a, it's not anything that where somebody, you know, should be recognized or get a free handout. It's merit-based. At least most are. I don't know, some of the big corporations here in America have, have be, kind of become these egalitarian uh, socialist monsters that is the reason they're losing money. But uh, so you, you talk about in your book uh, several different things, how right foods can heal you and make you feel great. Food is a big thing that's helped me in my old age. Uh, a little exercise uh, and how to stabilize and transform your emotional well-being. This is really important for women, their emotional well-being how to make space for spirituality, and how to manage your time. Uh, talk to us a little bit about some of those so that uh, you can manage the octopus on the treadmill, if you were. And so, I mean, all the things I talk about in the book there, those things men can benefit from too. So these are basic um, well-being tenants. But mm -hmm. for women, particularly working mothers, mm -hmm. um, just being cognizant of the pressures they're under they cannot afford to just bumble on like everybody else simply because their deliverables are higher than other people's perhaps um and so when i talk about for me until you know um i got myself sick uh, exercise I, I just didn't do exercise you know i, I just didn't do sweat mm -hmm. it was all a bit too much and i couldn't be bothered and I didn't understand that, you know, and I, I never had a weight problem. And I thought it was just people that wanting to lose weight that exercised, right? I was that uneducated about it. Um, mm -hmm. And it was only when I had my issues that I started understanding about how exercise is good for your mental health. And also, you know, physically, um, yes, you get to look good. Um, when you exercise and stuff like that, you have toned abs and arms and whatever. Uh, uh -huh. But it's not just about the yoga bomb. It is about how you get to feel in your body, how you get to feel strong and how exercise can help you cut through stress. And so um, considering that these working mothers are under enormous amounts of stress, you need to incorporate exercise into you know, your lifestyle. Um, and so for me, that's something I came to late in life. And I, I wish I had um, <laughs> uh, known better. Mm -hmm. right. I think it's, I think it's hard for mothers too, because they're, you know, they're cooking, they're cleaning, they're, they're taking care of the kids, you know, they're, they're, they're in a, they're in a role where they're doing all their nurturing and, and the things that you know, women are great at um, and, and caring for, for their children. And, and so finding time for them, the one thing I've always, you know, my mother, mother, mother went through this with us. You know, she was always the last one to eat, the last one to sit down. She was so selfless and giving of herself to, to create an environment for us to have the best 
way to be raised and 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 help us in in all the ways that her biology told her um but the one of the, i think one of the challenges i hear from women is that is that they spend so much time giving selflessly of themselves to their children and their loved ones that they don't take care of themselves yeah so i mean when it comes to self-care there's a lot of uh, women that feel guilty about mm -hmm. the whole self-care element of it uh but you can't pour from an empty cup um, and true. so you need to once they understand so when i coach women this is one of the important things that i get them to understand that they are very important they are at the center of a lot of people's lives they have a lot of dependence not just their children and so it is really um they owe a duty of care <laughs> to mm. those people by them taking care of themselves uh, mm -hmm. because you cannot discharge your responsibilities if you're not feeling well and i had that sharply brought to my attention uh when i had my second son because i was very ill i had to have surgery etc etc and when i came home and could hardly walk and had to wake up in the morning to take painkillers before i could literally come downstairs suddenly i could see the wheels coming off because everything that i would have normally done wasn't being done and it's not because my husband isn't capable he's a very capable strong man but because of the gendered roles we had assumed mm -hmm. suddenly he didn't know like about a kid's school uniform or whatever because mm -hmm. i would i had always insisted on working and still doing all that i mean we don't live like that anymore because mm -hmm. of what i went through and now the roles have changed dramatically um in the house and so when people think that women are designed to do the the, the housework or we have special arms for baking or whatever it is that's just nonsense that's just a skill and mm -hmm. men can just as well do it as women but because of our societal conditioning it is assumed that the woman is going to do those roles and depending on the dynamic in your family if it works for the woman to do it knock yourself out mm -hmm. but at some point you need to look at the home as an enterprise with two people if you like the two directors you and your partner and make sure that whatever the activity set is for keeping that enterprise on the road is split fairly there you go and well that's the balance you know that's the real I've, i saw somebody recently it was kind of a TikTok video that went kind of viral and someone was talking about how uh, you know in a in a in a in a marriage or relationship you know it's it's a it's a it's it's not a 50 50 partnership it's there are times where uh one partner needs more help than the other and she and she was talking about how you know, sometimes I sit down with my partner and, and, and I, and they go, Hey man, I'm having a hard day, something at work or whatever the case is, or energy wise, I'm at 20%. And 
the other partner goes, Hey, I'll fill in your 80%. I'll, I'll do it. And you know, it's not a 50, 50 thing. And it's like what you talk about where, you know, everyone needs to support each other in roles and, and fill in the holes or fill in places where they need to. And, you know, vice versa, there's the, there's the, Hey, I, I'm feeling it here today. And she talked about how if we, if we both come home and we go, Hey, we're both at 20%, we need to figure out how to not take and react to each other in a way that is destructive uh, and and try and find where they can get back to that balance. Cause you know, we all have bad days and we all have struggles and sometimes we're going through things and that's the beauty of a relationship is you can hopefully support one another. Um, yeah. I, mm -hmm. uh, and so when you say it's, 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 it's not 50, 50, I actually beg to disagree. It should be okay. 50, 50, it should be 50, 50 as in, um, and when I work with, with clients, I sit down and I whip out the spreadsheet and I'm like, list out the activity set. And then because the women always think that, um, and I used to fall into that category thinking, I've got one of the good ones. I've got a good husband. He helps around the house, but it's in the languaging. He helps around the house. Like we have to do it and somebody else is helping rather than the ownership of this is the activity set this is what makes this household work now here are the two capable individuals who is going to do what and depending on how you come out with the split you know if it suits the dynamic for it not to be 50 50 that's fine but mm. it's an individual dynamic mm. and also that's play is got to uh, be fluid, right? Depending, so that is the point I think you were alluding to. Somebody comes mm -hmm. on and they're 20%. So depending on the tasks and, and who's doing what, it's got to be fluid as in when I was sick and I couldn't keep the end of the bargain of whatever, the other person needs to be able to fit, fill in. But at the, at the start of it, you know, at the core is clarity on the activity set and making sure that that is split equitably so that one person is not left burning out whilst the other person is completely oblivious to what's going on. There you go. I, I love that analogy. Uh, so uh, there's several different services you offer on your website and consulting you do, coaching you do. Let's yeah. talk about that. I noticed there's a mastermind uh, on here and then yeah. our masterclass and then some free sessions and different uh, uh, things that you do to help people. Let's, let's talk about those. Right. So when I work with women, so basically um, I, I've got a coaching program that I put women through and I just specialize in uh, working mothers. So mm -hmm. if you're not working mother, you're not my people, unfortunately. It's not because I don't like you. <laughs> it's just they come with a unique set of challenges, right? Mm -hmm. Um and so basically, and I also work holistically. Um, mm. So I'm looking at the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So we go through that whole aspect of their lives to see what is going on as in troubleshooting and what fixes need to be put in place. And I practically give them a routine for their lives mm. as in what should the day look like. Um, and I mean, we we look apart from the fact that we work on the physical. So the physical, we're looking at things like nutrition, what they should be eating, sleep, exercise, that sort of thing. So so, so that's physical. And mm -hmm. then we're looking at the emotional, as in stress and how they're processing emotions and and their mindset and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it's also mental because we should be continuous improvement. We should always be up leveling ourselves and who we are and, and, and stuff like that. And then I look at things like communication skills, um, 
self-esteem, all that kind of stuff. Um, so what I would call the, the worky skills, as in the skills they need to succeed in the workplace. Um, because a lot of women, uh, they go to the workplace and they think, okay, I'm here. Whatever my boss is asking, that is what I'm doing. But you need to be able to have that conversation with your boss. They need to understand what is on your plate and you need to be clear on your deliverables what you can and what you can't deliver but a lot of people never really have that conversation with their boss and you know things keep piling and things keep piling and before you know it they're not delivering right mm -hmm. and so it's having that self-esteem to have that conversation to manage expectations as it were um so that you will be able to actually deliver properly so we go through um all that I, I i look at their relationships as well because most relationships tend to be i'm no relationship coach but what i look at is the dynamic and again what we talked about well especially that i whip out so we're looking at giving your partner the clarity in terms of how we're keeping the show on the road because a lot of partners have got no idea the pressure and the burden that their partner is carrying. There you go. And and these are real important tasks. Uh, you've got, uh, with coaching, uh, people can watch your master class. That's mm -hmm. a big part mm -hmm. of it. Uh, yeah. People can uh, get involved with you. How do people reach out and work with you, talk to you about working with you, and uh, get to know you better? Yes. Yeah, so when they watch my master class, um, they would know whether I'm their cup of tea or not, because I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Um, and so if they watch my masterclass then and they think, okay, she resonates with me and, and you know, I want to work with her, uh, then there's a link. So they will get a link as in to book a call with me. Um, and then, you know, I will then speak to them and see if they're a fit. Because, again, there's no point in dragging somebody over a line that they don't want to be dragged over. Mm -hmm. um, and so on my website, people can go as well there and book um, a one-to-one -one with me as well. And mm -hmm. we have that initial conversation to see whether, you know, we are a fit. And then, you know, if, if we're not, you know, we part as friends, you go your way, I go my way. Um, and if we are a fit, we get to, you know, uh, have fun together and literally release your greatness there you go i mean and, and i think a lot of women need uh well, i think we all need a lot of help actually when it comes down to it i know a lot of mothers you know like you say burn out and and struggle with uh, work-life balance and all this stuff that goes on uh, you know our biologies weren't designed for a lot of this crap uh that we deal with today in fact it you know between phones and blue light and computers and stuff, our, our biologists are still trying to keep up with with what we're putting ourselves through. The junk food that we eat, this you know processed food, our bodies are like, yeah, I don't, this isn't working for us. And so we're we're ramming ourselves through through so many challenges, bio, biology wise. Um, anything more you want to tease out on the book and uh, your services and how you do them? And before we go, well, so so I mean, in the book, of course, I talk about the spiritual aspect of things and. Um, there's nothing woo-woo there at all. <laughs> uh, for me, spirituality really is psychology on steroids, as in your own personal philosophy. Uh, what um, it looks at your values and what actually you you will die for. Do you mm. know? And a lot of people, this is not clear to them. They don't actually understand what it is they're going to die for. And you need to know who you are, what makes you tick, and what actually 
gets you engaged mm -hmm. and once you know that you uh, and lots of people have changed jobs because of that because before that they were just doing it because they pay the bills but they're mm -hmm. unhappy they hate their boss whatever right but they're just there thinking this is as good as it gets mm -hmm. um but when you get into the spirituality side of things and you start seeing yourself as let's talk about nutrition for example for me my philosophy there is my body is a temple mm -hmm. and so if my body is a temple i'm not going to fill it with rubbish am i um i'm going to eat food that sustains my body and so this is where your spirituality then dictates mm -hmm. how you move as it were um, and so it's understanding that because that determines your mindset and your mindset is what's going to drive your thoughts and your thoughts are what's going to drive your actions. Um, so if you're there trying to, I don't know, um, lose weight, for example, and you're finding it hard and you, you can't be motivated and whatever it is, it, it's just peeling the layers back and going back to hang on. Mm -hmm. How do I see myself? How do I operate in this arena? Who am I? And this is where the spirituality helps you do things that normally you wouldn't do. And also about working holistically. So sometimes what happens is maybe when we're looking at the physical side of things, uh, you know, people are there thinking, okay, I'm going to eat this, I'm going to sleep however many hours or, or whatever. And they're struggling with the physical things. But you, when you come to the emotional side, for example, maybe there's something that's stressing them out. And if you can get to the bottom of that stressor and eliminate that stressor, then that can then support the physical. And also you can use the physical to support the, the emotional. So you're stressed out, your boss is stressed you out. If you know that exercise is one of the quickest way to cut through stress, and you come home and you belt out there and you go for that run, you release those endorphins and you come back feeling, you know, a million dollars. The next day you will go to work and think, yes, I can take this on rather than coming home, being stressed out, eating more biscuits and staying under the duvet. And, you know, so it is about how one, you know, the different segments support um, other segments. And that's why I, I work holistically, because otherwise anything else um, is hard work. And for me, my mission is to get women to stand in their power, because mm -hmm. I absolutely believe that with empowered women on the planet, we can fly. We we can literally. There's nothing to stop us. And also, um, there's research out there. This came out from London School of e Economics, showing that children's emotional template is really set by their mother, right? So their mother's um, uh, well-being. So the the mother's mental health is what affects the oh, children's yeah. emotional template. Oh, yeah. Now, and I've been asked these questions, what about the dad? I don't know, but perhaps it's a primary carer, which still tends to be the mother in our society. Now, if you stretch this, um, you have children coming up, and if their mother is stressed out, if their mother is all over the show, these children, their mental well-being is being impacted. And that is why, for me, 
it is important that these mothers are taken care of, that these mothers take the time for their self-care because otherwise we are impacting on the next generation. And if we don't take care of the next generation, what we're doing is impacting our pensions because who is going to pay our pensions, you know, when we get there, right? So the women are so important in terms of them looking after themselves, after their well-being and being able to discharge their responsibilities. There you go. It, it, it's so true. I mean, uh, mental health and, and you know, uh, and we see mothers that struggle with toxicity and, and mental health and stuff. And, and when they do, the, you know, the, the, it affects the children. Uh, you know, uh, the nest of the home is so important mm. in being able to raise children and, and have them be mentally balanced well. And if they don't have those uh, strong feminine and uh, healthy uh, masculine roles that are presented to them so they can see how a relationship moves forward between two people, how the bio biology works and everything else they they're lost and that's what people really end up doing they're fighting biology for most of their lives yeah um so give us your.com so people can find you on the interwebs please yeah so dot com is giftyandright.com and all my social media handles are there as well because i'm on most of the social media and gifty uh it's been wonderful you have on the show very insightful and hopefully we can uh, improve a lot of women's lives Thank you. Thank you ever so much for having me. I appreciate it. There you go. Uh, folks, order up her book wherever fine books are sold. Go to Amazon or wherever the nice uh, places for books stand. There's alleyway bookstores. They're dark and damp, and you might stub your toe <laughs> and get any tetanus shot. Uh, check it out. Octopus on a Treadmill. Women's Success, Health, Happiness. Available on March 6, 2018. Oh, uh, one thing I forgot to announce at the top of the show. We just booked CNN anchor uh, Jake Tapper on the show. We've had a number of CNN uh, anchors on the show. Uh, he will be on the show in August, so be sure to check that out. Refer to show your family, friends, and relatives, as always. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. And that should have.